I V M. This episode contains references and descriptions of child endangerment, kidnapping, drugging, sexual assault, physical abuse, torture, suicide, and death. The acts of our subject today may shock or trigger our audience. We advise that you skip this episode entirely if you believe it would trigger you or upset you in any way. This podcast is not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Have you ever wondered why women don't do more crime? Well, we're here to tell you there's misconduct all the time. Women are thieves and murderers. That's gross misconduct. Con artists, money launderers. Mm, criminal misconduct. Financial fraud that's hard to track. Take some planning, but still misconduct. Even breaching a contract. Um, that's more civil though. It's misconduct. It's misconduct. We tell you all about women that suck. Things that make you say, what the? It's misconduct. Hello, 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 and welcome to Misconduct. This is a podcast on which we talk about criminal women, usually Indian. And on some days, our job is genuinely super fun. We, you know, we talk about con women, you know, women who've just been a little reckless and stupid. But on other days, like today, we find no pleasure in telling you about some truly awful, disgusting women. But those women exist, and we're here to tell you about what they did. I'm Raghavi. And I am Nisha. And that intro from Raghavi was super depressing because this episode is super depressing because this episode is about Sonu Punjaban. She's also known as Geeta Arora, a name she changed up to avoid detection by the authorities. Sonu Punjaban is an Indian sex trafficker who was convicted and sentenced for trafficking a minor. She was sentenced for 24 years with a very low likelihood of being let go for good behavior because honestly, the only way she can exhibit good behavior at this point is if she... I don't know, rescues a puppy from a fire in like some poor place, I guess. I don't know. I even, I would not believe it. (laughs) I I just, I assume she put the puppy in there herself just to get some sympathy points. For sure. So, Sonu was alleged to be a kingpin of the sex trafficking trade of Delhi and the NCR region for many years. It's also alleged that her clients included high-profile businessmen and to a certain extent, the Delhi police sort of looked away or didn't interfere. Her employees, and I use this phrase with all the disgust that I can muster, her employees comprised of aspiring models and actresses. Why do you use the word employees at all? Yeah, because there are actual publications that have used this word uh, at least a couple of times and it's just disgusting all around. She's also employed a large list of henchmen whose jobs included protecting these women and escorting them to places like Kolkata, Mumbai, Rajasthan and Punjab. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing with Sono is we wouldn't have this specific type of disgust on our faces if the woman she trafficked had some degree of agency in this matter. We've covered it, you know, just a few episodes ago. Uh, Sex workers can be treated like humans given Mm -hmm. respect and dignity if it's their choice. Yep. Um, At least to a large extent. Mm -hmm. But... There is a lot of evidence in Sonu's case to confirm that none of these women were there consensually. Mm-hmm. Many, many of them were minors. Sonu Punjaban was arrested in 2007 under suspicion of contravention of the Immoral Traffic Prevention Act. Mm-hmm. But in a few weeks, she received bail and was set free. She was arrested right. again in 2008 for a similar offence. Set free again. Of course. 
You wouldn't believe it. She was arrested again in 2011. Guess what happened? She faced trial as she was supposed to and was sentenced for a period that's appropriate to the crime she committed. <laughs> All right. No, she was <laughs> let go again. Mm. So in 2017, her last arrest was for the trafficking, drugging, torture, and abuse of a minor girl. Mm. For this, she was finally convicted and jailed for 24 years in Tihar Jail in Delhi. In July 2020, Sonu was convicted under various provisions of the Protection of Children from Sexual Offences Act 2012, or it's commonly known POSCO. She was found guilty of administering drugs forcefully to a minor girl, selling her for sexual exploitation, and keeping her locked up and torturing her ruthlessly. When informed of her sentence, that is her 24 years in jail, Sonu attempted suicide while still in Tihar jail just hours after the conviction. Hmm. She was rescued, hospitalized, and eventually shifted back to jail to spend the rest of her sentence. Now, this is the sort of story that's going to just grab you by the shoulders and violently shake you, yep. right? I'm sure you have heard our disclaimer earlier, but we would like to reiterate: there is. a lot of triggering material in this episode including details regarding trafficking and abuse of minors it was a tough time just scripting it all together and even just doing this episode this episode this podcast and definitely this episode is not suitable for children for all other listeners please exercise your discretion Sonu Punjaban grew up with the name Geeta Arora. She was born in 1981, making her about 39 to 40 years old today. Some sources say that she did not study past 10th grade, but I really don't know how reputable these sources are. Her father, whose name apparently was Om Prakash Arora, may have been an auto rickshaw driver, but again, no verifiable sources. Uh, the rest of her early life is a mystery, and we actually have no idea what series of events made her the person that she is today. In fact. We sort of see this as a disservice to the general public that is, you know, not knowing enough about her early life, especially you know, as a child or a teenager, because there are many, many psychiatric and criminology theories which are developed and researched, you know, by renowned experts, specific to child abusers and mm. in general abusers, you know, and some of these theories are applied for criminal profiling, which is what the law enforcement officers do when they want to understand. what kind of you know a person might have committed a particular kind of crime hmm. and this is helpful because it helps figure out who a potential suspect can be and in the right hands criminal profiling can be very useful um maybe it's not public maybe it is privately available with the law enforcement we can only hope they're using this kind of information the we don't have that kind of info so us and you will not really know why sonu punjaban did the things that she did instead we have for you a very elaborate analysis about her love life this is incredibly frustrating because mm -hmm. the media just did so much coverage focusing a lot on sonu's boyfriends yep. it was said and i quote that she always had a fascination for bad boys mm. it is also said every man who came into her life had died well it's true <laughs> Well, Sonu Punjaban was involved with a series of small-time gangsters throughout her life, mm -hmm. either romantically or platonically. Uh, back when she was still Geeta Arora, she used to work in a beauty parlor. Mm -hmm. At this time, she was supposedly dating a man named Vijay Singh. Vijay was allegedly a small-time gangster in Delhi. She married Vijay in 2003, mm -hmm. but it was a very short-lived marriage. Oh, why? Uh, because Vijay was shot down a little later that year by a oh. special task force that was set up by the UP police. Okay. But Vijay helped out with something before he died. He gave her certain contacts that worked in the flesh trade. Mm -hmm. So it's not clear whether he expected Sonu to sell herself or you know for her to set up a sex trafficking ring. Okay. But she had all these contacts now, and I guess she found her day job boring, so she gave these numbers a call. Oh man! She then married a man named Deepak. Mm -hmm. Deepak too was a small-time Delhi-based gangster. He may have been a car thief. 
don't know some some like Nick Cage in Gone in 60 Seconds. What you watched that movie? No, I looked up car heist movies, and this oh. was the first one. That came it out. makes sense. It was either this or Italian Job. So, aha, uh-huh. also mm-hmm. another movie I have not seen. Oh, okay. I, I should have just said Doug Judy from Brooklyn Nine Nine. You could have said that, mm-hmm. or I don't know, Herbie Fully Loaded. Do they steal that car? I don't remember. I just remember Lindsay Lohan's in it. Ah, okay. Mm. You know what car movie I have seen? What Tarzan the Wonder Car? Of course. <laughs> this is our one joke for the episode. It's done. Over. It's over. Anyway, Deepak jacked cars and resold them. It looks like mm. also Deepak was killed in two thousand four or two thousand five in mm. Assam through a police encounter. So that's okay. husband number two down. All right. So at some point, she married a man named Hemant Sonu. Hemant ran a small illegal trafficking ring in Delhi with some very well-off clients. His operations also extended to Punjab and Rajasthan. So mm. aiming high, I guess. I guess. Uh, it's also possible that he was wanted for a high-profile murder case. We don't have any details about that case itself. Also irrelevant right now. Yeah. Um, now Hemant too died in a police shootout in April 2006. In fact, it was a special cell on the Delhi-Gurgaon border that was looking for him. So we can assume he was wanted and was also being monitored definitely by the police. Strangely feels like some pattern. Yeah. This would make a good movie if it wasn't such a depressing story. Mm. Uh just before his death, uh by that I mean Hemant's death. Mm. Uh Sonu actually started calling herself by the name Sonu mm. Punjaban. It's likely that she took this name as a means of protection so everyone would know who she was, you know, like his wife mm. and also who she was affiliated with. Um sources right. also say that she genuinely loved Hemant, which could be another reason she took his name. Mm. Uh but there are other sources that say this name helped sort of hide her Hmm. Fund, you know, like all her IDs would probably say Geeta Arora, and this uh, her street name would be Sonu. Right. Uh, in any case, Hemant's death actually created a power vacuum in the industry. Hmm. Uh, so Sonu generously stepped in to pick it up after him. So we do know one more detail about Sonu. She had a young son at the time named Paras. Uh, Paras largely grew up with his grandmother Veena, that is Sonu's mother. Paras went to a very upscale school in Delhi. How do we know this? Because his school fee receipts were apparently submitted. as a proof that sonu had lived an affluent life okay uh, publications at the time also focused on how pretty she looked aha will we ever Obviously. escape this uh, one such publication wrote about how spectators outside the courtroom were talking about how unusual it is that a pretty girl did something so horrible right. <sighs> just i just i want papers to get over this man yeah. like it's in our theme song women are thieves and murderers mm. but also what does it matter how you look This is I feel like this is similar to a Ted Bundy right like oh yeah. he's so handsome how could he have mur- he did though that's true but also Ted Bundy got a lot of erotic meals when he, he was in jail did. yeah when people were desperate to marry him yeah um one news outlet also described her as high maintenance because she lined her eyebrows mm. wore mascara and preferred a bright shade of lipstick that's Why me right now by the way <laughs> literally yeah. right now i can see my lipstick in the video Why was this mentioned because apparently she looked very haggard at the time and she was in courtroom for her trials. Uh so that's why it's important I guess. Okay. To quote the publication said mm. here in the courtroom her lips looked chapped her eyes sullen and she hadn't shaved her legs in months. The rigors of prison life were evident. It's making me throw up in my mouth. Wow. That she great. hadn't shaved her legs in months. What is your mm, 
okay i'm going to really rein it in when or even like we like, barely we we have even barely gone past the surface yeah there is one more thing that you mm-hmm. want to tell you um uh, she may have had a substance abuse problem so when in jail she apparently underwent a drug rehabilitation routine there are other sources that say that she was drugged out for the period that she was in prison mm-hmm. so it's a little conflicting two separate sides of a story we can't reconcile it you know because we haven't interviewed anyone who was in the prison with her mm-hmm. however one police officer appears to have said and i quote cocaine she is an addict it is a lonely life in there substance abuse is common great fantastic mm-hmm. wonderful you know what is not common what offices keeping boiled eggs as snacks that's so specific yeah cuz ivm keeps them and it's i don't know why i get so excited <laughs> by it every time i come here i eat a boiled egg in the <laughs> evening so i'm going to take a break i'm going to eat an egg mm-hmm. and rethink my life choices that's fine and then we'll come back to this welcome back after the break i hope you enjoyed an egg like i did <laughs> so back to sonu punjaban the times of india in january 2019 reported that delhi's sonu punjaban alias geeta arora has been ruling the dark underbelly of the flesh trade in delhi for years after every arrest she's back in business in a more organized way so let's see how true that is hmm. by 2009 it's alleged that sonu punjaban had moved to south delhi where she was operating out of an apartment She appears to have been using WhatsApp as a messaging tool to mm. schedule appointments with clients. Sources say that payments were also made through mobile payment apps. Okay. Now, we want to just say straight up that the number of victims that Sonu abused is not clear. Mm. The case that we will finally talk about is regarding the abuse and trafficking of one minor girl. Right. But based on the kind of money that Sonu made between 2009 and 2017, It is very clear that she had more than one girl on her rolls. Mm-hmm. In 2007, Sonu was arrested under the Immoral Traffic Prevention Act. Those among us who paid attention to the Gangubai episode, right. you will know the act refers to criminalization of public solicitation of sex work mm-hmm. including pimping, running a brothel and penalization of clients. Hey, you paid attention. Yes, I did. Mm. Uh there are absolutely no allegations of Sonu either engaging in sex work herself or being a client so right. we can presume that she was a pimp mm-hmm. under these particular rules in uh, question right however this case just went nowhere she oh, got okay. bail immediately and went right back to work again Hmm. She was arrested again in 2008 for the same offense and again she walked out. That's just solid. In 2011 she was arrested in Delhi under the Maharashtra Control of Organized Crime Act. I understand it says Maharashtra but hmm. the act was also extended to Delhi. Oh. So this act gives special powers to well Maharashtra and separately Delhi hmm. uh, for their state governments and the police to track and prosecute organized criminal activities. Um an FIR was filed against her for running an organized sex racket. The police had actually deployed two officers who posed as customers and laid the trap. This was a classic sting operation. Mm. The officers then struck a deal with one of Sonu's associates asking for two girls. When they were brought out, the girls were immediately taken into, you know, protective custody and essentially a raid happened. Um court documents later detail that Sonu had a series of girls on her roster including school dropouts, aspiring models and actresses. She also apparently hired henchmen for transportation, logistics and protection. A senior officer of the police has also said that she had regular frequent customers like brand loyalty in a really truly disgusted oh God, way. That's horrible. The problem however was that 
the prosecution was not able to prove that Sonu was directly linked to this. So her arrest apparently was independent of the raid and it seems she was arrested because the associates named her in the statement and not because she was found at the premises. So because there was no direct proof against her, the Delhi court acquitted her in 2014. And Sonu walked out again, free to abuse whichever young soul she chose. So there is some slightly conflicting account here as well. Right. Uh, an open magazine article from 2012 where the reporter observed Sonu in jail mm-hmm. says that she was present when the sting operation happened. Oh, okay. Uh, the article states that it was not just two women but many others that were involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently the undercover police officers pushed to see more women other than the two that were presented to them. Okay. Uh, they wanted more proof of trafficking and also to nab someone higher up in the sort of criminal pyramid scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, the low-level associates took the officers to their house in Anupam Enclave, which mm-hmm. is where Sonu was spotted. Oh! Uh, apparently, she walked in at some point and the article describes her as looking both imposing and charming. Uh, Alright. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the article also states that Sonu looked for women in universities primarily who mm-hmm. were looking for cash to either survive or enhance their lifestyles. Okay. It's not clear how much of it was consensual. In mm-hmm. fact, we're almost inclined to believe that to not believe this article because it doesn't really delve into how consensual the whole affair was. Right. Okay. And, and also, I guess this is 2012 and I don't think there was much conversation on consent back then. Fair, fair. I just, to be honest, I, right now I just feel quite meh on that article. Okay. For, for one, it's titled A Lady and a Pimp. Okay, sounds like a terrible Agatha Christie knockoff novel. Yes. For one. Uh, Mm. Secondly, it also looks like it kind of romanticizes that lifestyle. Like, Mm. she was just a pimp working with women that wanted to be in the sex trade. Um, And lastly, the accounts of how she was just a pimp do not… It doesn't really settle with us. Especially based on what Raghavi is going to say now. Right. So, uh, in 2017, Sonu was arrested for the trafficking and abuse of a minor child. We're giving you one last trigger warning. Please skip the section entirely if you wish. We've already told you what's coming up ahead. In 2014, a young girl arrived at the Najafgarh police station, which is a city to the southwest of Delhi. She said that she had escaped from a house in which she was forcibly kept by a few men who were sexually exploiting her. She was around 17 or 18 years old at this time. She described her life from when she was kidnapped at the age of 12 in the year 2009. She said she was taken away from her home by Sandeep Bedwal, a henchman of Sonu's. She resisted Sonu's demands to become a sex worker multiple times. However, Sonu had methods to suppress this minor girl. She was given intoxicating substances for several years to suppress her resistance. For about four years, the minor girl was sexually exploited at the hands of several client offenders of Sonu's. Sonu then sold the minor girl to an associate who lived in Lucknow. The minor girl was transported across state borders for the purposes of sex trafficking. Now, the minor girl had given her statement to the police on 9th February 2014. A few hours after the girl made this complaint, she vanished. The police say they searched for a while but could not find her. But my question is, why let her out of your sight at all? That just makes no sense to me. The girl was found again in 2017. She was picked up by Sonu's gang right after she filed her complaint in 2014 and she was locked up in another house for three years. In these three years, the girl was pushed to near starvation. She was also sold to be abused to more than 12 people. Now, I want to clarify something here. I know you've said the words trafficking and sexual exploitation and sex work here, but that's because these are the words that are used in the news reports. Mm. But really, I don't know why publications shy from this. The right word to use here is rape. There's no child, no minor that can ever consent to sexual activity. And no, a child that looks or acts mature 
cannot consent to sexual activity either yeah. and child sexual abuse has long lasting side effects often severely impacting how the child maintains relationships with any of their family friends or partners mm. for years together so this minor child despite what multiple articles say was not a sex worker she was a rape victim and had been for many many years we want to read out an excerpt from the court decision to help drive this home the accused not only purchased a victim for prostitution but she also brutalized her to make her surrender to her demands she forcibly administered drugs to the victim so that she could not resist a customer the modesty of a woman is next to her soul how can a woman outrage and brutalize the modesty of another woman who is a minor in such a horrific way the shameful deeds of geeta arora alias sonu punjaban deprives her of any leniency from the courts a person irrespective of gender who does such horrific and terrible acts has no right to live in civilized society and for her the best place to live is within the four boundaries of the jail the convict crossed all the limits to be called a woman and deserves severest punishment provided under the law from the court documents we also know that the girl was tortured she yeah. was locked up without access to food water or a toilet yeah. she was put away like this especially when she misbehaved Sonu allegedly rubbed chili powder on the girl's body and in her mouth as a punishment for not abiding by Sonu's rules. Oh god. The court later observed that Sonu did this in order to create fear in the child's mind that she should act as per her wishes otherwise be ready to face brutality. A lot of the details around the case are not publicly available mm-hmm. and it may have been sealed because it involved a minor child. Right. Fair. It may also have been to protect her identity. Mm-hmm. but in any case this was an extremely upsetting account and it was very difficult for us to recount this as well yeah sonu was finally arrested in 2017 and this time the arrest stuck she was booked under multiple regulations the immoral traffic prevention act of course the relevant provisions here are for procuring a minor woman promoting a minor for the function of prostitution mm-hmm. she was also charged under the protection of children from sexual offences act 2012 right. or the posco act mm-hmm. uh, posco exists to protect children from a slew of sexual offences and introducing child friendly judicial mechanisms for dealing with such offences right the provisions under posco that were invoked uh, apply to the trafficking of a minor mm-hmm. intoxicating a minor wrongful confinement and conspiracy to traffic mm-hmm. considering the seriousness of the charges the prison time if fully realized could easily be about 50 years and deserved so yeah. there's one incredibly audacious thing that i want to mention here mm-hmm. it is that at the time of you know the media reporting the papers often talked about how sonu was a mastermind and a criminal you know she was a kingpin etc sure words mm-hmm. that I guess sensationalize it in a way, but also add some weight to the kind of stuff that she did. So it's all mm. true. Mm. But there was another underground narrative which I found in a few random articles, which seemed to have been pushed out by Sonu herself, or maybe even her lawyers, mm-hmm. which was that you know at home she had an age sixty year old mother. Um, I think she was diabetic, something along that line. Mm. Um, she had a young son, as you mentioned, and yeah. a brother who was HIV positive. Mm. Is this true? No idea. But I think the narrative that they wanted to do, what I sort of put out there, was stress that Sonu was a mother, a daughter, a sister. You know the kind of stuff that they do in general, like. You know when it comes to a sexual assault victim yes, I know people I was just going to say Yeah that. I know we will put that tag to make it look like they're almost somebody else's relation and that's why it's a terrible yes, thing that happened to them Exactly they belong to some other man yeah. in some way you know that's yeah. why you should 
feel bad for this like and i hate it when someone says what if it had been your sister what, what does it matter it's irrelevant yeah yeah would you only protect your sister exactly would you only think it's a crime if it happened to a female you know person that you know uh that's just really really unacceptable but clearly when she put out the narrative or whoever was associated her without the narrative that she was a mother a daughter and a sister etc it was clearly you know asking for that sense of leniency like yeah. like she was a human deserving some degree of leniency mm. right but and i mean yeah. i get that like if i was her pr person or her lawyer right i know that this sentiment is there especially in india right yeah i would definitely put out something like that to appeal to that if i wanted to like get more i mean ask for leniency i, I get it in fact you know what i mean this is a terrible thing to say out loud but i kind of have to most rape victims can really only get any kind of justice yeah. if they play the perfect victim yeah. yeah they have to be the perfect daughter sister whichever yeah. it is mother mm. they have to have that like if if she was orphan didn't have a family or was abandoned by her family you know whatever mm. it is she would not have that level of support yeah. she has to be meek in court she has to show sadness yeah in at Even the time if it's of event not a person who is like who can appear in court like take nirbhaya's case for example right yeah. she was called what india's daughter exactly right? there is that attachment you know yeah. like this person has to be something else entirely an imperfect victim cannot be a part of the narrative yeah. and un- it's it's really really awful that sonu flipped that narrative for herself mm. if if she did indeed put out you know this this entire story to make it you know pure that she was human so to speak um well we'll know it backfired clearly so we'll yeah. know how that happened yeah so while the case was being deliberated in january 2019 sonu was attacked by anonymous criminals in east delhi while she was driving back home early morning okay at this time she was out on bail which was granted why mm-hmm. oh we'll tell you why mm-hmm. so sonu applied for bail multiple times between 2018 and 2019 right now generally bail is not granted for these types of offenses yep also why would you give her bail i don't know <laughs> especially considering the nature of her like past criminal activity mm-hmm. and her close associations with other criminals as a past criminal she was also at flight risk oh yeah meaning she could have just gone off and hidden somewhere or even just secretly left the country she was rich enough to you know achieve this also just to add to this if she was supplying these girls to high profile clients oh yeah would it not be in their interest to get her out of the way yep because they would do anything possible either to send her out of the country or i mean they might mm. be the ones that ordered the so, attack epstein yeah mm. indeed so uh, but essentially sonu used two medical reasons to get bail mm-hmm. one was for a knee surgery a meniscus tear or some such mm-hmm. the other was on suspicion that she might have cancer i mean cancer finally giving something back to the community oh. thank you thank you raghavi that yeah. was uh, two jokes somehow we fitted into this episode an amazing duck joke right Thanks. there i love it anytime so in both cases the prosecution requested that she be treated in jail or at least sent to the government hospital right but she insisted on a private hospital okay and at that time the courts didn't see any issue in granting her this request hmm. so that's essentially how she was out on bail cool in any case in january 2019 the police received information about a shooting near geeta colony pushta in east delhi around 4am three armed attackers stopped sonu's car and tried hmm. to shoot at her okay it's not clear why they fled the scene without completing the task and sonu escaped unhurt mm-hmm. At the time the police said a case was registered CCTV camera footage was being sweeped to understand clues about the attackers mm-hmm. 
Sonu appears to have said it was her enemies that were trying to silence her. Okay. But yeah, it could have, as you said, it could have been a client who just wanted to keep her mouth shut. In okay. any case, the police said it was hard to verify her claims because a there was no physical evidence of the shooting. Right. B she wasn't actually injured, so no evidence could be gathered there. Mm-hmm. And C there were many inconsistencies in her statements. Okay. So this case just died within a few days. Hmm. All right. Um, let's take a quick break here, and when we get back, did she have her day in court? Yes, thankfully she did. Uh, we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back, everyone. And yes, Sonu is in jail, thankfully. Hmm. Uh, and obviously she was convicted, so she's going to stay in jail for a very long time. So on 16 July 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic, we get some halfway decent news. Uh, Sonu was convicted under POSCO of forcing a minor into sex work for procuration of minors, for slavery, selling and buying minors for prostitution, poisoning, wrongful confinement and criminal conspiracy, among other things. This is a pretty large set of convictions for which she received 24 years in prison, two of which were already served during the trial. Her accomplice, Sandeep Bedwal, who you remember kidnapped the minor girl from her home. Mm. He received 20 years for kidnapping and raping this girl when she was 12 years old. He was also convicted of procuration of minors, of slavery, selling minors for prostitution and criminal conspiracy. Just the scum of the earth across the board is what we have listed here right now. Mm. As he mentioned earlier, the Delhi court observed that uh, Sonu had no right to live in a civilized society and deserves the severest punishment. In fact, the judge Pritam Singh also imposed a fine of 64,000 rupees on Sonu and 65,000 rupees on Sandeep. And in an effort to vaguely make up for what happened to the girl, a compensation of 7 lakh rupees or 700,000 rupees was given to her. The court sort of acknowledged that this could never be enough, that the girl's education and life was stolen from her and she deserved much more. In which case I say, well then, take stuff from Sonu and give it to her. It's really that simple. 7 lakhs is literally like an engineer will earn it in one year. Yeah, and she likely was entrapped for almost 7 years, right? That's a lakh a year. That is the value of this child's life. So, um, well, that sucks. Mm. Uh, You would think that the 24 years that she got was justice enough. Nope. It's pretty, pretty terrible still. The court also said, and I don't know why they said this. They weren't going to match it up, right? The Mm. court said, At this tender age, girls not only go to school, but they enjoy their childhood while playing with their friends and enjoying the protection of their parents. However, the victim had suffered mental and physical trauma at the hands of both the convicts and their associates. All right. What do I do with this information? I don't know. I I have a question here though, Raghavi. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do none of these come with a death penalty? Uh, They do. But uh, from the cases that I've seen, okay, so there have been a recent set of amendments to the IPC in particular, which talk about um, certain kinds of sexual assault and, you know, sort of an additional punishment for that. Mm. Some of those, the more vicious kinds, do include a death sentence. The problem with something like that is when a criminal knows that sexual assault can result in the death penalty for them, their immediate reaction, most likely to escape, Mm. would be to just kill the victim. Yeah. Because the victim remains, you know, not just the physical evidence for the crime, mm. but also the singular witness very Correct. often. 
Yeah. So to kill off a witness would mean removing the she said of the she said he said part. Mm. And yeah, they if they can't speak for themselves what crime has been committed, right? So that is the tricky bit about adding the death sentence or something like this. There are some cases I've seen where sexual assault of a very vicious nature plus murder has resulted in the death sentence. That is something that I've seen though. Okay. Yeah. Because in this case they keep talking about severest punishment. But yeah. she's still in jail. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like this is one of those things like you should keep her in jail for 24 years and then shoot her. Yeah. Maybe, but back to what I said. Yeah. Your immediate response is going to be to kill the victim. Yeah. Right? I get that. So, I mean on some level that's a terrible choice to take away from that victim. Uh, finally, of course, uh, I forgot to mention this. The court noted that, you know, Sonu Punjabin not only purchased the girl for prostitution, but she also brutalized her to make her surrender to Sonu's demands. And this added to the degree of punishment as well. So right after she was declared guilty, Sonu attempted suicide in her cell in Tihar jail. Mm-hmm. Reports say she expected to get away or at least get a much lighter sentence. When All she received right. the news, she grew very silent in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. She cooperated with the police as they took her for processing to Tihar jail in preparation for the sentencing. Mm-hmm. To clarify, you don't generally get the sentence right after you are held guilty. Judges take a few days to determine the quantum of punishment. Right. So at this time, Sonu didn't know how many years she'll get. But it's likely that she would get at least 20 years in jail. Mm. Uh, reports say that when she returned from court on that evening, mm-hmm. she consumed an overdose on medication that she was prescribed at the jail hospital. Okay. She then complained to the jail officials that she had a feeling of uneasiness, which is when the pills were discovered. She was taken to a dispensary in the jail initially, but her condition did not get better. The Director General of Tihar Prison, Mr. Sandeep Goel, said, and I quote, we shifted her to Deen Dayal Upadhyay Hospital for better medical attention. She remained under doctor's observation and was brought back to the jail after her condition stabilized and she was discharged. We still don't know what medicine she consumed. Prima facie, it appears she had collected medicines given to inmates for fever, headache and other minor health issues. So based on this, it is likely that she did not actually OD on medication that was prescribed, but she may have acquired other drugs, right? Um, alternatively, the prison director was just probably embarrassed to you know, really state how... She was yeah. given enough drugs to potentially kill her, especially from the jail hospital. Aren't all prisoners on like suicide watch usually? Like any mm. one of them could just crack, especially those that are super close to their sentencing date. So they should have really kept a better watch on her. Yeah, they should have. Actually, not all prisoners are, su- are on suicide watch. But mm. then it kind of makes sense. Like you said, especially when she's so close to being yeah. sentenced. I Yeah, that would kind of make sense. But yeah, like the... Um, Director said eventually her condition did stabilize. And yeah, like we also said, she was sentenced for 24 years in prison. So, Sonu Punjabin's case is very similar to something that we mentioned before. Mm. uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. Mm -hmm. So, this is the woman who was Jeffrey Epstein's associate and allegedly his supplier and coordinator. Mm. Uh, Between the two of them, they pimped out many, many women, including many underage girls to high-profile and wealthy people across the world. Mm -hmm. One major case that was recently settled was regarding allegations that a woman named... Virginia Jufre was forced to participate in sexual acts with Prince Andrew, mm-hmm. the Duke of York and the third child of Queen Elizabeth II of Britain. Right. So while the civil case is settled, the criminal proceedings are still pending. Mm-hmm. Ghislaine Maxwell herself was found guilty by a jury in a federal US court on five counts of sex trafficking and one count each of transporting a minor and sex trafficking of a minor. Mm. So she's awaiting sentencing will be confirmed by the court in late June 2022. Mm-hmm. She's likely to serve the rest of her life in prison. Fair. Jeffrey Epstein, on the other hand, uh, died 
on 10th August 2019 in his GSL in New York. Mm-hmm. The official report says it was suicide. But come on, I think we all suspect foul play here. Yeah, how convenient yeah. that just before he was going to take the stand and probably give up a bunch of his clients. Oh yeah. Mm. So much like Sonu Punjaban, Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell both catered to a very high profile and extremely wealthy bunch of clients. Mm-hmm. We would not be surprised if Epstein was targeted in order to silence him. Right. Uh, there is speculation that he planned on giving away the names of some of the very, very high profile people that were involved in sex trafficking ring and was therefore killed. Also, uh, Sonu's gang is still out there. So from the 2000s, they were basically just, you know, sort of emboldened by the fact that Sonu had so much power and influence. In September 2020, just months after her conviction, I mean, come on, have some shame. Uh, the two members of her gang that were nabbed for swindling money from a bunch of people while claiming to provide at-home spa services. Okay. So to quote from, you know, the article I picked this up from, according to Noida police, the suspects would allegedly lure customers in the pretext of providing women for spa services at home. They would take the women with them in a car and meet prospective clients at a pre-decided location where they would take the money from them in advance through e-wallets. Then they would demand an additional amount for security charge. If the victims refused, they would assault them and take the money or their valuables forcefully and flee the spot. These are the acts of a gang whose leader has been sentenced to jail. That is the audacity. I can only presume that she's put in, you know, protections for them. And that's why they are in this position. Which congratulations to everyone involved. And that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you listeners for being here on this horrible, horrible ride. Mm -hmm. Uh, We promise to give you lighter things as well so that you don't feel super depressed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But some of our other episodes are not as depressing. So please go and listen to us on all platforms. We're on the IVM Podcast Network. Wherever you listen, uh, Mm -hmm. go ahead and listen. If you want to listen specifically to a depressing episode, uh, Mm. we did cover Renuka Shinde and her family who kidnapped and killed several children. We struggled through that episode. But we were able to, you know, sort of put together some information that you could use to understand when children are potentially being abducted. Yes. Maybe that'll be helpful to you. Um, But yes, like Nisha said, hopefully next week's episode is not like this. Yeah. We can put in some jokes maybe. I don't know. On a separate note, merchandise. If you want our merchandise, there is a survey in the link, the thing below, description, in the description. Yes. Um, (laughs) Tell us what you would like and we'll see if we can put something together with enough interest. Also, Nisha. Yeah. Remember how the last few times I said, hey, maybe our fans should be called Miss Condos. Yuck. Ah, well, you can now suck it because, because somebody likes the name. Oh my God. Yeah. That one person can stop listening to us. Hey, no, 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 please. <laughs> Don't go. I hate that name. Don't go. You know what? Um, Fight me on Instagram, man. <laughs> come, come on Instagram. Fight me. I'm on uh, the Instagram page, Misconduct Pod. <laughs> Not going to tell you where I actually am. <laughs> yes, but, but Misconduct Pod has... All the true crime content, mm-hmm. updates on podcasts, many, many reels. I also danced in one of them. <laughs> Good God. That's true. Cannot believe you guys voted for that. Um, it was a unanimous yes. We didn't post the very last bit. It was a 92% yes for Nisha to do the jiggle wow. jiggle dance. Wow. I don't think I've ever got 92% in anything. Did you also know guys, we got copyright claimed on that. Yeah, so do follow us on Instagram and leave reviews everywhere on Instagram, on Apple Podcasts. Put a star on Spotify. Yes. Buy a star. Name it after our misconduct <gasps> pod. I would love that. <laughs> 
and uh, all those kind of exciting things a lot more good fun stories coming up and we will see you on the next episode of Misconduct <laughs> <laughs>